Thank you all for your patience with the technology as we figure things out. We'll uh, keep working each week to improve and uh, we just uh, want to take the opportunity to acknowledge how good it is that we can connect and be together uh, during this crisis time and our ability to continue to worship God wherever we are because we know that God is with us. And so in that spirit, I just want to invite you to uh, join me in turning our hearts and our minds towards God's word. As we continue our soul care series here at Faith Covenant Church, we've been talking about stewarding the gift that is you. We've been acknowledging that uh, the best gift that you can give to God and to those you love the most is the gift of your best self. And especially at a time like this where uh, the world is going crazy and we are in crisis mode, uh, taking time to make sure that we are caring for ourselves well is an important part of how we steward uh, this gift of life that God has given us. As we've been talking about in this series, we are recognizing that a soul is not so much something that you have as it is something that you are. John Ortberg in his book, Soul Keeping, tells us that soul is not separate from other aspects of our lives. It is the integrating center of who we are and it impacts every other aspect of our lives. We've been talking about the uh, illustration of taking a flight on an airplane, even though many of us are not going to be flying for a little while. Uh, when you fly on a plane and the steward or stewardess is giving their instructions, they say if there should be a rapid decrease in oxygen in the cabin, an oxygen mask will fall from the ceiling and you should put the oxygen mask on yourself first so that you don't pass out and you're able to help those around you. Well, in many ways, we could say that with the coronavirus and uh, the crisis that we're facing, we have experienced a rapid loss of cabin pressure in our world and in our society. And what better time than to come together and to acknowledge how important it is for us to do good soul care so that we have our best selves to give to those in need around us. In the midst of our current crisis, we're reminded in the Bible that as Christians, we are called to be a people of hope. The verse that I shared this last Wednesday evening in our new weekly check-in time on Facebook Live is really a kind of soul care prayer. Romans 15, 13 tells us that, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible also tells us that perfect love casts out fear. And it's God's perfect, unconditional love for each one of us that is what we most need to experience in our own souls so that we can experience the care and the love that we need in this broken and fallen world. As we take special measures to protect ourselves from the coronavirus, we're forced to become hyper-focused on a specific type of self-care right now, particularly distancing ourselves from one another in order to not only protect ourselves from the virus, but to protect those who are most vulnerable in our midst. At Faith Covenant Church, we are praying that God will use this time in a, in a new and a unique and a powerful way to actually bring us closer together, even as we physically distance ourselves. And I think today's message on soul care can be one of those opportunities that God could use to bring us together in some very unique and powerful ways as a faith community. 
We've been talking about in this series that self-care becomes soul care when it becomes a means of opening your heart to the living God. Because genuine soul care is ultimately about cultivating our relationship with God. I'd encourage you all to go back and listen to the messages in this soul care series. And during this time where we are uh, spending more time at home or maybe even outdoors in nature, uh, to put into practice some of the exercises that we've been learning about how to care for our own souls well. And I'd like to suggest for us this morning that one of the most powerful tools that we can put into our soul care toolkit is the gift of spiritual friendship. The Bible has always been clear about our need for friends. Proverbs 17, 17 tells us that a friend loves at all times, and a brother or a sister is born for a time of adversity. And Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 tells us two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Jesus, in teaching his disciples about what it looks like to follow him, actually describes the Christian life as primarily an experience of spiritual friendship. Friendship with Jesus and friendship with one another in his name. In John 15, 12 through 17, he says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one friend, one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Author Paul Waddell says, spiritual friends through their life together learn from one another what discipleship means and how we can acquire and develop the attitudes and the virtues of Christ as we help one another become better friends with God. And the Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. See, friends in Christ help each other in their common journey of following Jesus. In other words, spiritual friendship is friendship that is rooted in Christ for the purpose of helping people follow Christ as we grow in our relationship with Christ. So part of good soul care, part of putting the oxygen mask on ourselves first is intentionally develop, developing relationships of high trust and high commitment that become a source of mutual encouragement and blessing in our lives. In fact, I'd like to so, go so far as to say this morning that our ability as a church, as a faith community, to develop these kinds of relationships or not will be the critical difference in our ability to fulfill the calling of Jesus to go into all the world and make disciples. 
We see in the life of Jesus that he had many different social circles with which he interacted. He interacted with the crowds that followed him. He interacted with the 72 whom he qualified and sent out to do ministry. He interacted with the 12 disciples that he called to be a part of his inner circle. And then there was a more intimate group of three, Peter, James, and John, that he most intimately and directly invested time and energy with these three people. See, Jesus couldn't invest the, the same amount of energy in all of the people that he had in his life, and neither can we. We can't connect with all of our acquaintances and all of our friends and all the people in our church at the same level and degree that we can if we pick just a few key people that God is leading us to, to invest our time and energy in and who will invest their time and energy in us. It's not only for their benefit, but it's part of what we need to do good soul care in our own lives, in our own relationship with Jesus. Often, if we, if we think about discipling relationships in the church, we often think about one person in investing in another person. And a lot of people don't feel comfortable with that kind of a discipling relationship because somehow it means I'm supposed to be the expert. I'm supposed to be the good Christian. I'm supposed to be the discipler. And I'm supposed to pour myself into someone else who is, who is further behind, who's not as good as me, who, who needs to learn more. And, and they're the disciplee. But too often we, we misunderstand, I think, what the purpose of spiritual friendship is because I don't believe that the Bible ever calls us to make disciples to ourselves. We're only called to make disciples to Jesus and to journey in following Christ together. In this sense, I think spiritual friendship better describes what Jesus has called us to be and to do in our relationships with one another. You don't have to be an expert in the Bible. You don't have to have solved all the mysteries of, of theology and the universe in order to be able to simply be a friend to someone who is a friend back to you. In their book called Connecting, Paul Stanley and Bobby Clinton suggest that spiritual friendship is really more about peer mentoring relationships than it is about discipleship, enabling each of us to be able to more focus on our relationship with Christ rather than on our relationship with one another. In fact, some scholars are even beginning to suggest that one-on-one -on -one relationships aren't even the ideal that we see in Scripture. They're suggesting that the number three is a more apt and appropriate core small group experience, a spiritual friendship group that really leads to our spiritual growth and development. Again, we can see this in Jesus' life in ministry as well. We tend to focus on the 12 people that Jesus called into his small group, but we forget those three inner core people, Peter, James, and John, that, that Jesus invested in. For Jesus, a group of three friends was his core small group that, for those that wanted to follow him and to learn from him. If you think about it, in, in a group of, of three or four friends, rather than a top-down relationship, our experience of discipleship becomes more of an alongside journey of following Jesus together. Author and pastor Su In Tan wrote a book called 321, Following Jesus in Threes. And I love his very simple approach. He calls it the triad approach. And he says in his book, in the triad approach, or groups of threes, it multiplies the perspectives on scripture and application of life issues, and it increases the sense of the Holy Spirit being present in our midst. 
By adding at least a third person into the group, there's another perspective brought into the learning process, and the group members serve as teachers of one another. In the same way that God exists within himself, as a community of three, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, more and more we are seeing that groups of threes seem to be a basic building block for Christian relationship and spiritual formation. As a starting point for incorporating spiritual friendship into our lives and as an intentional soul care exercise, Tan recommends simply following a very basic three, two, one model. Each person meet with two other people in a group of three for two hours once a month. Three people, two hours once a month. Three, two, one. He suggests more time and frequency would be great, but this should be at least an easy starting point that all of us can commit to, to begin to build into our lives the habit and the routine of having spiritual friends who are asking us good questions, listening to the story of our lives and helping us to discern where God is at work and how God is calling us to follow Jesus together. In the same way that self-care becomes soul care, when it becomes a means of opening your heart to the living God, friendship becomes spiritual friendship when it becomes a means of helping us grow in our relationship with Jesus. As we seek to follow the example of Jesus, we can each begin by prayerfully asking God, God, who, who are my three? Who are the three that, that you might put on my heart that I could invite into a, a regular relationship of mutual support and encouragement for my own soul care and to be responsible as a loving partner and friend at, at, as faith community to encourage and support one another? Who in my circle of friends is God leading me to invest in more intentionally? And, and out of that circle of friends, how might I take the responsibility to be a blessing to others, even as they are a blessing to me. Now, as with all of the soul care exercises that we've been introducing in this series, we're just scratching the surface of, of ways that we can explore all of these exercises to help us grow in our relationship with Jesus. And we're, we're planting seeds that we want to begin to cultivate together as a faith community. There's a lot more to learn, and if any of these exercises are particularly interesting to you, we, we'd encourage you, reach out to us, let us know, and, and we can go deeper with you in our conversation. We can connect you with other people who are also finding interest in some of these areas. But for today, I'd like to give you a quick overview of some of the key ingredients to what a spiritual friendship is really all about. And encourage you to feel free to jump in right away, especially in this time. We don't even have to, to meet physically. We can meet over uh, Google Meet or uh, Zoom calls. There's lots of ways, especially if you're talking about three or four people, to connect, to encourage one another, to bless one another, to be on this spiritual journey together. Let me just quickly say that in the broad picture of spiritual friendship, we can look at some formal relationships as valuable spiritual friendships as well. For example, many people are finding value in spiritual direction, and they connect with the spiritual director once a month, who is somebody who just faithfully listens for the voice of the Spirit in our life. 
Or Christian counselors can also be really valuable spiritual friends on our journey as we explore some of, some of our own inner uh, turmoil and challenges that we face psychologically, emotionally, and relationally. And many people are finding value in having a, a personal life coach to help us focus on setting good goals and achieving the things that we want to achieve in our lives and in our ministries. Each of these can be super helpful relationships in our spiritual journeys. But today I really want us to focus on the more informal relationship that we all need and that we can all provide for those who are in our circle of friends. These are relationships of high commitment and high trust. Commitment and trust are the twin foundations of every spiritual friendship. I'd like to suggest that uh, there are three ingredients for us as we pursue high trust relationships, chemistry, reliability, and confidentiality. See, in chemistry, there, there has to be a fit. There has to be a, a, an attraction. There has to be an ease and an enjoyment of our time together. And so as we're looking for spiritual friends, we trust that God will lead us to those people with whom we have a chemistry. There's, there's a natural fit. It doesn't even mean we're the same, but, but somehow there's a, a complementarity to our relationship, and, and it, it allows us to have fun in our time together. But then there also needs to be reliability, and reliability is all about asking the question, can we count on each other to keep the commitments that we make to one another? Because without the reliability of those commitments, we can't build the trust that we need to believe that that other person is going to be with us when times get tough. And then ultimately, we also need confidentiality. We need to have that confidence that we can count on each other to keep our private conversations private. One of the greatest challenges to being vulnerable in our lives is, is the fear that somehow uh, our, our private uh, conversations are not going to be held in confidence. But if we can find chemistry and reliability and confidentiality in a relationship with, with one or two other people, then what that leads to is the ability to have high commitment relationships with one another, which have to do with honesty and responsibility and accountability. Honesty is all about being able to be transparent with one another, to, to have a few people that we can be honest with uh, what's going on in our lives, what we're really dealing with and what we're worried about and what we're struggling with. And if we, if we can't be transparent with on, and honest with just a few people, we run the risk of living lives of quiet isolation, never feeling like anybody really knows who we are and what's really going on in our lives. But in order to be honest and transparent in our relationships, we, we have to have that level of responsibility that we believe that God has called us to actually be responsible to care for those that we're in relationship with. Are we able to genuinely love one another by our willingness to take responsibility for the care and the nurture of other people in our lives? And ultimately, it opens the possibility that we can have accountability in our relationships. And accountability is a tough one, right? Because we don't necessarily like to be accountable to others. If, if we don't ever set a, a goal or tell people that we're going to do something and not follow through, we never have to be accountable for, for having the integrity to keep the promises that we make to ourselves and to our God. You see, accountability is all about inviting others to help us keep the integrity of our own souls. And too often it's easy for, for us to, to give up on ourselves. And we need those friends not to, to beat us over the head, but to, to encourage us and to help us to keep getting up and trying again and again. 
But see, within a relationship of high trust and high commitment, we can begin to pursue three simple activities in our time together. These three activities that we can do when we meet with spiritual friends are simply listening and sharing and discerning. Now, you might think it's odd that I put listening before sharing. <laughs> because if you don't share, what do you have to listen to? But I think it's really important that we understand when we get together, the first and most important gift that we can give to one another is the gift of honest and open listening. Active listening and reflective listening that involves asking good questions and taking the time to seek what the person is really feeling and thinking and trying to share is an important gift that we can give to one another that then leads to the second ingredient of open and honest sharing where we begin to tell the story of our lives. What's been happening and what's going on in your heart and in your life and in your relationships and where do you see God working in your life or, or where are you wondering if God is even there? How can we hear your story and, and understand where you're at, which ultimately then leads to the ultimate gift that we can give in spiritual friendship is the gift of discerning. In spiritual friendship, we open our lives to one another, but we do so with the understanding that as we open our lives to one another in that process, we're opening them to God as well. Therefore, in our spiritual friendships, we are relying on the word of God and the spirit of God to help us to discern in community where the voice of God is leading us in the midst of our life circumstances. What is the meaning and the purpose to what we're experiencing and going through today? Our sharing and our listening are always accompanied as Christians by seeking God's word and God's spirit to help us sift through the stories of our lives through the guidance of God's spirit so that God uses our spiritual friendships as a means to connect us with Jesus himself. As we journey together through the ups and downs of life, we're encouraging one another to do so, guided by the Word of God, in partnership with the Spirit of God, so that we are actively following the Son of God, who is our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. See, by listening with the Bible and with spiritual discernment, Spiritual and, uh, friendships ensure that, that our groups are not just for helping us to feel good, but to encourage us to grow in our relationship with Jesus. And Jesus reminds us in Matthew 18, 20, he said, where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. You see, spiritual friendship is a relationship. It's not a, it's not a program. Because it's not a program, it requires our willingness to invest our lives in someone else's life for a season or a time that allows us to, to take responsibility to create a, an environment of high trust and high commitment for the sole sake of being a blessing to one another and seeking to follow Jesus as his disciples. I'd like to suggest, as with every soul care exercise, there are challenges, as we've been saying. There are obstacles that we need to pay attention to to overcome the risk that we might not choose to pursue these kinds of relationships in our lives. The first challenge, of course, is time. I'm too busy to add one more thing to my life. I don't have time for that kind of intensive relationship. Where am I going to be able to add that into the mix? And yet, if we recognize 
how important and essential spiritual friendship is in our own health, in our own growth, and our ability to care for our souls and to become our best selves. Can we really afford not to make the time to meet with three people for two hours at least once a month? We make time for the things that are most important. And the second challenge, as we've talked about, is the the fear of vulnerability. And if you're like me, I've learned from some less pleasant experiences I've had in my own life that there are times that I need to hold back from being honest and vulnerable, that not everyone is trustworthy, that I can't be completely transparent with all of my life, with all people. But because of that, I need to to work hard to especially find those people in my life as a pastor that I can have high trust and high commitment with. And just like you, you need to find those people in your life that you can have high trust and high commitment with. And maybe those are people aren't even people in your church. Maybe those are people from another church, other believers who are part of the family of God who can be a safe place for you. But the fear of vulnerability can't keep us from pursuing those kinds of relationships in our lives and being the kind of people where others can find safety and a place of confidence that they need for themselves as well. The last one, and perhaps even the most difficult, is our resistance to change. If we really think about it, if if you enter into a relationship of high trust and high commitment, where, where you are offering the promises that you're making to yourself and to your God and asking other people to hold you accountable, the challenges it might mean you actually might have to follow through. We might actually have to change. And yet that's the point, isn't it? If we're not allowing ourselves to be supported and encouraged by trusted friends, how easy is it for us to to back out of the commitments that we make to ourselves and to our God? It's so easy to to get isolated and alone and to just give up on, on our faith and our ability to ever change, but with friends who can encourage us, who can pick us up and, and when we fall and journey with us together, we have the hope that we don't have to do it alone. Our ability as a church to develop these kinds of relationships or not will be the critical difference in our ability to fulfill our calling to make disciples of Jesus. And our willingness to pursue spiritual friendships in our lives will be the difference in our own ability to experience the care of our own souls. I'd like to invite you this morning to spend some time today, this week, and ask God to give you the names of two or three people whom he may put on your heart to consider inviting into a spiritual friendship, where you simply start with the most basic uh, commitment of three people meeting two hours once a month, where you do the simple activities of sharing your stories, listening well, and discerning through God's word and God's spirit, where is God working in your life? My hope and my prayer is that as a church, as a faith community, we will begin to experience a network of relationships, of people becoming spiritual friends with one another. And as God brings new people into our lives and into our church, that we have a place where they can find friends for the journey so that we can all be growing in our relationship with Jesus as his disciples. Would you pray with me as we ask for God to bring those people 
into our lives. Holy God, we thank you. And we praise you that you care for our souls. As we seek to be people who do soul care well, would you give us the courage and the strength to seek relationships of high trust and high commitment? God, would you place on our hearts and in our minds those two or three people that you might be inviting us to pursue for spiritual friendship in our own lives? And for those, God, who are already in a spiritual friendship group relationship, I ask that you would continue to bless those groups and encourage them to not only continue to bless one another, but in the days and weeks ahead, even think about how they can multiply and share the gift of spiritual friendship with others who need to experience the joy that they are experiencing in their lives. And God, ultimately, we pray that you would be honored and glorified, and through these relationships, you would call us all to a higher level of trust and commitment in our relationship with you as we follow Jesus as his disciples. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Praise God for some simple things that we can do even, even in a time of not being able to meet together, we can still do some of those simple things and, and, uh, and I pray that, that some of those have uh, been impressed on your heart that you, might, that you might seek out some of those opportunities to find those people who can be your, your confidants and your, those that Kurt has been talking about this morning. We're going to finish this morning praising God that all of our hope is in him. If we have any hope at all, it's in our King and God this morning.
joining us this morning at Faith Covenant Church. Uh, we encourage you to uh, come and meet with us on Wednesday night at 6 p.m. for our Facebook Live check-in each week. Uh, also on Fridays, watch for the What's Happening uh, newsletter that's going to be uh, upgrading, and we're going to be adding more information for that each week. And uh, in between times, don't hesitate to reach out and let us know how we can help you. Uh, we'd love to pray for you, uh, and uh, we're going to be sharing how we can come together even more as a faith community during this time. But now, as you go about your day and you go about your life, may the Spirit of Christ go with you, above you to watch over you, beneath you to uphold you, ahead of you to guide you, and behind you to protect you, but most of all, beside you to be your friend. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, yes, yes, yes. yes. Go in God's peace. Amen.